0: I know her as a highly sought after singer in San Diego. She's amazingly soulful. Um, She has incredible charisma on stage. But nowadays, a lot, a lot, a lot of people know her from season 18 of The Voice. This is Sudris.
1: Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm
0: so glad you're here. It's great to see you. It's good to see you too. It's been a while. I know it has. Um, So since, since the voice was recent, let's jump into that first and just talk about, I, I'd love to hear about the experience because during your season is kind of when all of the COVID stuff hit and they started changing the format of the show kind of mid show. So what, what was that like?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, you know when you have your space where you create and where you write and kind of get in that head space you know the stage is definitely that for me and la was that for for all of us as the contestants so when we got on the train to go to los angeles we knew it was it was work time you know so when we had to stay home and set up all the equipment at our house it was really hard to kind of channel that headspace um and get into performance mode at least for me um it was a little bit difficult to kind of transition from one to the next um but eventually we ended up having it work i was really surprised and very pleased with um how communicative everyone was on the production team how fluid everything worked i didn't know that my wi-fi could be that good
0: on a television show so um, it was it was uh, an adjustment but it was cool yeah that's amazing so did you did they have you personally setting everything up for yourself or did you have someone come and set those things up stage it
1: they had someone drop off all the equipment it was like it was a lot and and because we don't know what the next episode holds um, we had the equipment for the next performance at our house. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, it was a lot. Um, my boyfriend helped me, um, with, you know, uh, some of the setup, but for the most part, it was just me and on the phone with tech or on zoom, um, with the audio people and, uh, the staging and the lighting. people. it was, it was really interesting.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm so, I was so impressed with the way they did kind of handle it seamlessly. I mean, the way they produced it was amazing. And you were incredible. Every performance you gave was just incredible.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
0: we were that. all so proud of you. <laughs> you're back here in Thank San Diego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so cool. So speaking of which, you're back here in San Diego singing before the voice happened, what compelled you to go and audition?
1: Um, Well, I mean, everyone's kind of looking for the next gig that, you know, pushes you towards more stability, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, I had just gotten off of, I I, I had just finished a contract with Jameson Whiskey. So I was on tour with them. And it was like a year long tour. Mm -hmm. And so like every month or every other month, we kind of left to a different city and it was really good pay um so then I kind of just stumbled into the studio because my cousin asked me to come to one of the um one of the shows on the voice for last season Mm -hmm. um but they do everything like months in advance so this was an episode that wasn't going to show until like two three weeks from then and um at that at that um episode I met uh, one of the contestants, mom and dad, and they're from San Diego. Her name was Kendra. And, uh, so they were like, yeah, they get put up in a hotel and they get this much money. And they were just kind of giving me the digs. And I was like, really, you get paid to be on this show. So that was like one thing I was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Um, and then I thought to myself, you know, I do need a challenge. I do need to, um, figure you know figure out what I'm made out of and so I auditioned and I got further and this was the third time that I had auditioned so Mm. uh, I didn't think I would get this far all right I mean I didn't think I would get so much of the experience that I did um being on three different people's teams but yeah I think really just like being in a competition trying to figure out what I was made of and then also being able to have that financial stability those were the
0: reasons why I joined yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm glad you did. So what would your advice be to somebody who is thinking about doing this now?
1: Oh man. Um, so since this is the third time I auditioned, I would definitely, um, say, I think I got past because one, I had already started seasoning myself as a professional singer and, uh, and performer, um, so when I went out to audition, it wasn't just like some little coffee shop, you know, a casual audition. It was like a big audition and I took it seriously and I didn't take it seriously back the two times that I had done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a better sense of the kind of performer I am and the kind of songs that fit well with my with my voice and whatnot. So I would definitely suggest um, to to really get to know your voice and get to know, you know, who you are as an artist and a performer. Um, Mm -hmm. that would be one advice. The other advice, advice I would say is that a reality TV show is not, um, a place to, um, uh, it's, it's not, it's a, it's a TV show. So just remember that. Um, If you are a singer, if you're a professional singer, this is not the end all be all. It's just to get your social media followers up, get some exposure. Like this is really the gig that you can take for exposure, (laughs) you know, Um, and they pay a little bit, which is nice. So you get treated like a professional performer. You don't have to come out of pocket. So um, definitely establish yourself as, as a singer, as a performer, as an artist, um, mm-hmm. Figure out who you want to be um, because when you get on TV, they will mold you how they see fit. Um, not that it's, you know, not like it's the 90s or the 70s where they'll just kind of completely change your image,
0: but it's good for you to have a good sense of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's such great advice. I think that's so true. And that really came across in your performance too, because, you know, you come on stage and you just like they said i mean you perform like a goddess you just you own it and your voice is incredible just your artistic styling is so it's just so natural you just you know your voice you know who you are as a performer and that really translated um you. you know in all the performances you gave and it's it's great advice you know for people who are kind of newer uh to at least the professional industry of um music mm. i think I think, uh, someone less seasoned as a singer doesn't realize that, um, it it's great to just be a naturally great singer, but there's nothing like onstage experience and being in front of, you know, a lot of different people, big audiences, small audiences. Uh, it just, it, it changes you internally, you know, and it really conditions you to let your artistry emerge more naturally, less nerves, you know, or learning how to handle the nerves.
1: Yeah, yeah. That experience really helped me in the long run because I'd been performing for four years professionally mm-hmm. before I actually got on the on the show. And mm-hmm. that if you gain that confidence enough in yourself, despite you know, no matter who's in front of you, then you can definitely handle it when it gets to that point where you're in front of some celebrity judges or like 2,000 people in front of you with cameras. You know, like there's a lot of stress that goes on behind the scenes on top of like being in a cold studio. You have to think about your voice and if you've eaten and if you've rested and are you, you know, what you've eaten um, before you perform, like all of that, you just don't learn until you make the mistakes,
0: you know? Yeah. So, so that yeah. was, that played a huge, a huge part. Right. Yeah. And not to mention too, you really, you really had to uproot your whole life and dedicate a huge ton- chunk of time to go out there and oh, yeah. um, film. And I mean, like what, how long was the whole process for you?
1: Um. So you all saw my, blind audition in February at the end of February and I had filmed that in either August or September of the previous year
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay. um so between so the whole process started the audition process because there's like multiple stuff happening uh for that uh so all of it started in July and then the show ended in March, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were, we were doing a lot behind the scenes in 2019.
0: Mm, Okay. That's a long time. (laughs) And then we,
1: yeah. And then we stay there for about a month to a month and a half, depending how far uh, in the, in the process you get into it.
0: So Mm -hmm.
1: minimum, we stayed there for about a month in the hotel, sequestered there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That had to be nerve wracking, not being able to tell anybody or share your news (laughs) like oh my gosh I know it's like the best thing in the world's happening to you and you can't tell anybody about it
1: (laughs) I know and the other thing about it too is that like I'm seeing it at the same time everybody else is so you know it's one thing to experience it in real life it's another one to experience it as an audience member yourself yeah yeah So that was really exciting. That was like, I was reliving the whole thing. I I was dreaming of my audition for like a month after Mm. it happened back in 2019 and no one had seen it yet. So I was just like, I just want to, I want to relive it. I want everyone to see it. It was so, and then, you know, seeing it on TV was like, okay, yeah, it was as amazing as I thought it was.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So what has life been now that what's it been like now that you're home? I know you have a new single out. Um, you know, what, how has it changed your life now?
1: I mean, um, going into, into the show. I didn't expect for my life to look like how it is now because mm. of COVID of the civil rights movement, of this crazy election and <laughs> politics. Um, it's been a lot more, Grounded than I expected it to be. Um, so, uh, I guess you know I, I'm really happy that it is how it is now. Um, everyone's just kind of in their homes and and uh, taking a step back, and so that's allowed me to work on my video editing skills and my um, my organizing skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I've I've been writing. Um, prepping for my my album uh to come out next year and mm-hmm. um uh I feel like I'm always restarting my album. I feel like every time I get a little further in some songs, I step back and I'm like, oh, I don't resonate with them anymore. And really? um I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want those three songs on there Do so over, like, Yeah. <laughs> um so this this is a time to kind of like sit back and, and work on that. Uh, so I have been able to um, do a lot of interviews through Zoom. Um, I haven't had to travel much through, you know, for, for gigging or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I like that because I hate being on planes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've just been doing some, um, some creating. I came out with um, uh, my single Room to Grow with my friend, Mark Pelly. Uh, we filmed a music video uh, that came out in August. So that's available on all platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're working on another one, uh, called don't go. And it's like a moody breakup song, but not really a breakup song, Mm -hmm. that gray area. (laughs) Um, so that's going to be coming out next month, uh, along with the music video. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been really fun to kind of hunker down and, and, um, just do a little bit more reflecting on where I want to go next. Mm-hmm. I think with quarantine and COVID, um, it's definitely expanded my ideas of what I could do. Ironically, right? I'm stuck in the house. So I'm just right. imagining all the great things I could do in the future. So yeah. So it's been nice. It's been nice.
0: Yeah. What's the album like?
1: Um, It's very honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very honest. Um, but as far as musically, um musically it's I feel like it, it'll come to life a little bit a little bit further as I get everything mixed and mastered.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but I really I'm I'm really inspired by sounds of bossa Nova and Reggae and Spanish. And you kind of okay. get a little bit of that in my in my song Room to Grow. Mm-hmm. But I'm basically R and B and soul, you know, at the core. Yeah. Um. So it's a little bit of uh, mostly that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it'll be it'll be nice and chill. Yeah. <laughs> with a little bit of salsa.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. I can't wait to hear it. Um. I want to ask you about a quote. This is a quote from you that I saw. Um. It's about. I think you were quoting it because you were talking about um a short film that you were just featured in. And you say, I have been blessed with many gifts, one of them being the gift of discernment. I recognize that it's time to give myself permission to have the audacity to live unapologetically. Yeah. What gives you the audacity to do that? (laughs) (laughs) I love that.
1: Thank you. Um, Yeah, so that was from that was inspired from um, the, the film Play Out Loud. Um, I mean, it, it's very short, it's like four minutes long, okay. uh, but QSC um, has a campaign called Play Out Loud. And when I first heard that, I was like, what does that mean to me, you know? Um, ever since I met my, my friend Malachi, he's the drummer of the first band I was ever in five years ago. And um, ever since I met him, I, I stopped, I just, I stopped doing what I was doing and I just kept gigging and I kept performing and I started taking it more seriously and more opportunities came. And sometimes the thought would come to my, my mind and I was like, who do I think I am? Like when, when I would send an invoice saying a thousand dollars for two hours, I'm like, who are you, right I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. I could get paid this much, you know, to do something that makes me happy. and so when I thought it play out loud it was just like yeah have the audacity to do that like have the audacity to 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 live in to to freaking live and um and to practice your craft and show people what you're made of you know and so mm-hmm. that's I mean you can't play out loud without being in people's faces or like being noticed you know what I mean mm-hmm. um yeah, at this point in my life, I've definitely made a lot of mistakes in my personal life, in my musical life, in my spiritual life, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, been there, done that. Let me go ahead and try something. Um, let me just try to do it right this time. And um, and yeah, so I'm just giving myself permission to do that. I feel like the older I get, the less I care, and I think a lot of people yes. think that too. Right. You know? yeah.
0: <laughs> less I completely you care don't care at all anymore. <laughs> Oh God. But you know what? You have a long journey in this. I mean, going back to your childhood um, and and this is something that um, you've really become, I don't know what the word is, an advocate or you're a role model. Um, You've dealt with alopecia all your life. And do you mind telling me how that journey has kind of evolved from childhood into, you know, the artist that you are now and how that impacts your career.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's really parallel with each other. I've told a couple of people, I was diagnosed at 10 years old. Um, I was wearing wigs until I was 24 years old. I was going to a um, creative performing arts school when I was 10. Um, But because I was bullied there, and it was like, I was dealing with the whole bald thing. It it was just really weird, A a weird time for me. Mm -hmm. I stopped singing and I stopped uh, going to that school. Mm -hmm. Then between 10 and 24, I was wearing wigs. I was trying to figure out how to fit in. I was trying to figure out who I was like, you know, in middle school and in high school, it's about what you wear. It's about like your, your, your social status. Mm -hmm. And I just recently talked to some teenagers, at like a support group for alopecia uh, kids, and they were saying the same thing. It's it's really even now, you know, it matters what you look like on social media. It matters what you wear, and so that's what I was really focused on. So when I was 24, um, I I fell into a depression. I was like, what the hell am I doing at San Diego State? Like I'm I don't know what I'm doing. There's not enough motivation. There's not enough incentive for me to get an A in this on this test, you know, and to to really. I don't know there was just a lot going on then i met malachi and i joined a band and this all happened at the same time that i was going through this kind of identity crisis like who am i what do i want what are my passions aspirations and whatnot and it was during that time that i started gigging that i was like okay maybe i need to embrace my uniqueness um and feel more comfortable so i did away with the wig when i was on stage because i knew that People didn't care how I looked as long as I looked interesting. So yeah. <laughs> and as long as I found it interesting and performed fun, you know, I they wanted to feel good through me. Yeah. So I stopped wearing my wig, started performing even more. And I it just was a snowball effect from there. So I got a lot of um it's it was almost like a reward for stripping myself of that layer. Um mm-hmm. and then embracing my, you know, who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's funny cause even today, like, so I haven't shaped my head for maybe almost two weeks. Then my hair is growing back, but mm-hmm. with alopecia, you get like these spots and I don't know if you can see them, but there's like spots here and there and it doesn't okay, grow. Yeah. And I'm usually, I usually like cut it off completely. But when I went to that support group, um, on zoom with all these other kids and, and teenagers, they're all, they, they want to keep the hair they have. And for me, I've been shaving it off and being comfortable in that because it looks cool. But then I started growing it out not too long ago. And I was like, oh, now I remember why I was so insecure before, because I walked out today or no, I walked out yesterday to Ikea and everyone was like staring at me. And, and it's, it's, it is frustrating, but at the same time, it's just, people are interested. They're like, what Mm -hmm. is going on? um, what's most frustrating is when people stare and they're saying, oh, do you have cancer? Or I know, I know I have some treatment for a blah, blah. blah." I'm like, bruh, Mm -hmm. if I did have cancer, that would not make me feel good. (laughs) You know, I'm not, it's okay. I don't, you know. Um, and so it it just reminds me, uh, it remind just growing my hair like this reminds me of how much the image like people pay attention to the image, you know. And so music gave me something else to focus on, like mm-hmm. outside of my wig, outside of my clothes or whatever. But um yeah, that's kind of how it all aligned uh with my music career and how music really allowed me to embrace it and be like, whatever, yeah. I don't care that much.
0: Yeah. That is such a powerful story. And I I just I I love hearing it so much because it's just like you said, when you finally embrace that thing that makes you feel so different that makes you feel so not normal or not like everybody else when you finally embrace that in your life that is that's the gold that's that's it you know and and it's like you've you know um i don't know if you do consider it a reward but i mean you're your career is going nuts and you have so many people that look up to you. You're making a huge difference in people's lives. And that's just gotta be, you know, that's gotta really fill you up a lot.
1: It does. It really does. Cause I'm just living my life and trying to be comfortable with myself, trying to grow into my womanhood and figure out what works for me and my relationships and so when other people see that and they come to me and they give me feedback and say, oh, I inspired them or something, I'm like, oh, wow, I was just living. Thank you. You know, I, I really do appreciate it. So mm-hmm. it is really rewarding. And what I learned, too, is that um, you can look a certain way. You can look different um, and, or you can have something that's strange or eccentric about yourself. And as long as you're OK with it, people will start being OK with it. Um,
0: mm.
1: it, it's a, it's such a funny reverse psychology thing, right. uh, but yeah, I definitely learned that at a live performance once where I was feeling really insecure. I was like, no one's paying attention, you know. And then um, that was the first hour, and then the second hour was me and the guitar saying, whatever, screw everybody else, we're just gonna have fun together. So we started jamming together, and that's when we realized that people started watching us a lot more. Yeah. I was like, Oh, they just want to see us in our own you know, in our own environment, they want to escape with us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you give yourself permission to like be yourself and Mm -hmm. other people start saying, Oh, I like that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I
0: identify with that. So it's really interesting. That's amazing. What do you, um, what do you want people to understand about alopecia and what, what are you, how do you encourage the, um, especially the teenagers that you're talking to about it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, for the teenagers and for the young kids and for anybody who has alopecia, because no matter what age you are, if you lose your hair, it it's, it it does something to you. Yeah. Um, it's like losing a limb. Um, people expect to have it and they don't expect to lose it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they have to adjust. Uh, so for me, I think, um, there is, you know, even during this time, everyone's kind of looking for some sort of um, normalcy, right? Um, with the Black Panther, he was so so important because mm-hmm. that gave the kids, Black kids, someone to identify with, um, to see themselves in that. And so for me, um, having alopecia, seeing for other people who have alopecia, seeing me on stage doing my thing in confidence, that gives them some sort of normalcy and says, oh, you know, they they can walk out and walk their dog without a wig and be okay. Because Sidri's did it on TV. I yeah. can do it, you know, at the mailbox. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, so that's definitely what I want kids to, uh, what I want to encourage kids and, and anybody who has alopecia to do. Um, and I think that is the message for other people who don't have alopecia. If you see somebody who doesn't have hair, who has spots in their head, you know, you don't point and laugh and be like, oh, you have bald spots and, da, da. no, just, oh yeah, I saw that one girl, she has alopecia too. You mm-hmm, know, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. nor- it's, it's gonna have to just be a normal thing. Everyone's different. There are things that happen that aren't happening to you and it shouldn't be a shock factor. It should just be like, oh, this is interesting or whatever, you know, uh, so that's kind of, I think giving some sort of normalcy is, is what I kind of yeah. want to transmit to people.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank I'm thank you for being this light in the world. I think that you're making a huge difference and um and that you know, I think that's what being uh artistic is is really all about is like what what are we doing this for in the first place? You know, I think I think a lot of us kind of get into music and we have these I don't know, images of what we think our careers are going to be like um, you know, it's going to be Going on the voice and you know yeah. becoming, becoming a star—it's all those things. Um, but but at some point, you do. You're kind of faced with um, just you know the kind of the behind the scenes look at what you know the industry really like, and and some um, you know some of those things that we're trying to attain. Just at some point, they just don't matter anymore, you know. But when you can. Um, when you can take the journey of your life and turn it outward like that and just, you know, really impact people. Um, it's really, really powerful. I think yeah. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it being on stage when someone comes up to you and they're like, Oh, I had a really bad day, but you guys turned it around. Thank mm-hmm. you. You know, even something like that, that is, that's definitely, that's one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those reminders, like, okay, cool,
0: I'm bringing light into the world, so yeah, yeah, you really are. um I'm curious to get your take on so singers right now, I think everybody kind of is in a different position, just depending upon where you live, um you know what what aspect of the um industry you're in right now, but in many, many communities, a lot of careers have been put entirely on hold. And, um, a lot of people have, you know, stopped singing altogether, um, stopped creating, stopped having any hope that they're going to be able to perform next year. Um, and I'm just, I'm curious what your take on that is because I hear more and more often, um, the thought, I'm just going to wait until everything kind of goes back to normal and then I'll jump back in it, you know, when things are regular, you know, what do you think about that?
1: Um, I can understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand it because before I came out with my song room to grow, I was thinking there is a huge civil rights movement happening. Mm hmm why would anyone want to hear any of my music about love and da da da? Mm-hmm. um uh and and i i personally tend to downplay myself a lot where i'm like i just do this or oh no one's really gonna listen you know um but then i i i'm in a position where i get messages from people that are saying um that what I do is, is inspiring and motivational. And, and so I'm lucky in that, in that sense, because it's like, it like refue refuels me. Right. But a lot Mm -hmm. of people aren't in that situation where they're constantly getting that, you know, that validation. Um, I think really it's, it's important to as an artist if you do identify as an artist i think it's important as artists to just take advantage of all the time they have to mm-hmm. to create and to keep con- to continue to create because if things are not normal people are looking for something to yeah. lift them up, you know? And you can't have enough of that. There are so many songs that have been released, but there's so much more that has mm-hmm. not been released. Like all the songs you've written or probably even recorded, all the songs I've written and recorded, all the songs in my journal, it's like th- those are unheard songs. Um, and those are, those are stories not told, you know? So I feel like it's our responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, to keep, pushing music out there to keep inspiring people that sounds kind of corny but it really is true it yeah. really is true it, it makes such a difference in music I mean um in entertainment in movies in marches like you need music you need art um and especially during this time like this yeah. is like prime time for us you know yeah, yeah. and then when all of this lifts then you have so much to take advantage of.
0: Um, So that's kind of my take. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective. It really is. And and I completely agree. This is such a, it's such a weird time. It's such a weird time. It's hard to be um, as excited about any opportunities as maybe we were, you know, um, before March. Um, It's hard to feel like you're getting any traction or momentum, it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's like a lukewarm time. It Mm -hmm. feels like, but when I hear I'm just going to wait, um, I don't know. It just, it makes me feel like, just like you said, um, you know, at some point we are going to be on the other side of this. And, um, I wouldn't want to be just getting started again at that point. You know, there's so much that can be done and, and taken advantage of during this time, even if it's just, putting one foot in front of the other.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know. and, that, and that's a thing, you know, I think people are very, um, I think people as an us, all of us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're all, um, very impressed by the big things or the big moves, mm-hmm. the big festivals, you know? Um, and so when that, when that's not in front of us, it's hard to see it. Yeah. Um, and so, like you said, like the one step in front of the one foot in front of the other, it feels like it's not really doing much, you know? So I, I can understand, like I said, I can understand if someone feels that way, but, but the small steps, I mean, that's all progress. That's still progress, yeah. no matter how big or small it is. And you don't get to those big things until you do the small stuff.
0: Yeah. So, that's so true. Yeah any, uh, anybody who's had any longevity in their career is going to say, looking back, those small things were the things that one thing led to another led to another that ultimately led me to the bigger things, you know? So start taking those tiny little steps forward, you know, cause I you just, I mean, you just never know what's going to come of it. So, yeah. um, so for you going into, um, 2021, you have obviously done quite a lot of, um, live streaming and had some, you know, experience with that. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your experience been like with that? What's, uh, how do you feel about it? And, um, what it's, it looks like you're involved with some pretty interesting platforms like monetizing live streaming. And how do you feel about it?
1: Um, so my experience with live streaming has um, kind of been, it's it's been experimental. And I think okay. for a lot of people, it's been very experimental. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's one person from The Voice, his name is Micah. He was one of the top fives and he goes on every single Monday um, for Micah Mondays for Maybe like fifteen, thirty minutes. Yeah. And I'm always like, dang, like he's really keeping it up and he'll I'll I'll click on any time and there will be over a hundred people watching. Wow. Me on the other hand, I don't know what he does on the side because me on the other hand, I'll press live and there's like fifteen people and then within five minutes it's like two people. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of discouraging. I'm like, dang, how do I have all these followers and no views right now? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So it's been more experimental because um, it's so easy to get to feel discriminate, to uh, discourage, to feel discouraged when you're going live, when you're making a post and you don't get the traction that you want. Um, And so what I've done is um, I've played with going live during golden hour on Saturdays um going live to to work out just to give people like something to to do in their house um and then uh eventually i kind of moved away from from going live weekly um and then i tried out um this little thing called yellow duck where I had a friend with like a mixing board and his computer logged into my Instagram with three other cameras. And then we had like multiple shots just on Instagram. He could put graphics on the top. So it's, it's like, it says Venmo or uh, uh, tips appreciated. And it says like Venmo, Cedrice. And, um, we had like commercials in between each set. Um, and it was really fun. It was, it was, like I said, experimental. I'd have like 30 people, you know, watching and it would just be like a regular gig and I would just take tips. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's so much work just for like, <laughs> it's, it's a huge yeah. setup, like a whole, a, a guy comes in with his, you know, equipment sets up for an hour and mm-hmm. it's just a lot. So um, now I've teamed up with um, Mix Global, Mix Radio and um, summer solstice and just some other everyone's trying to do something you know trying to um, create some sort of entertainment and uh, Instagram is a perfect hub for it Facebook is a perfect hub for it and so I've just kind of um, joined in on it you know Um, Mm -hmm. the Filipino community has been very open uh, with me and has uh, welcomed me onto their um, onto the events that they're putting on Uh, And so it'll be like a live stream concert, pay $5 for admission and you can Mm -hmm. tip and you can chat and ask questions and request songs. And so that's been really fun. And I I find that I like that more Mm -hmm. than going live on Instagram so often. Um, But what I like to see on Instagram when I'm just making my breakfast in the morning or like eating lunch and stuff is I'll go on Instagram and I'll see my friends from The Voice live. I like 12 o'clock or two o'clock or six o'clock and they'll just be playing with their guitar. And it's just like, it's very intimate. It's just my background music and Uh I love it so much. Yeah, And um, I didn't realize how nice that is to have until someone else did it. And, you know, I just felt like I was overexerting myself. I felt like I was overexposing myself too much going on Instagram too much. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I, I realized that it, it is really nice just to like sit the camera there or sit the phone there and just, I don't know, clean yeah, up your bedroom yeah. and listen to someone perform. So, yeah. um, so it's been very experimental. Um, I've been able to monetize off of it. Um, but it's definitely just been for tips. It's, it hasn't, I don't know how to make it a, you know, a source of income. I think everyone's trying to figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing like live music and being there, you know yeah. that energy is just so organic and so elevating um yeah. so, but that's been yeah. my experience so far
0: yeah it's definitely it's a it's a totally different animal, and I like the way you put that too um that it's uh not to be discouraged when there's just you know a couple of people there i mean I mean you're making one person's day just like you said, you love to have that yeah. in the background, yeah. and a lot of it is in the playback i mean people are busy on the go. A lot of people don't have time to, you know, stop and um, watch for a long period of time, but so many people go and watch back. And there's so many other things that can spin off of you know a live you can use the content for other things and um you know and and just the experimental factor of it um is huge because like you said we're all trying to figure things out right now we're all trying to figure out you know what is what's what's the next move
1: yeah i've been surprised with how many podcasts there are now and i've been inspired to make my own podcast podcast i don't know what i would talk about but it's it's fun it's a fun little hack to have and um and and yeah yeah there's a lot of people who go back and and watch it and for me what i like to have is like the interviews that i've done i'll take a screen recording of it take a snippet of it put it on my posts and people can get to know me a lot better Um, and so that's what I really, really like about going Mm -hmm. live or, um, yeah, just going live on any platform is that people actually get to know you as a person and not just as this idol, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Speaking of knowing someone as a person, I don't know if you can hear, but I have a child knocking on the door right now (laughs) (laughs) asking me if she can let the dog in. Yes, you can let the dog in, Anna. (laughs) Earlier
1: I was talking and um, <laughs> my boyfriend, he just came back home. He was like, babe, <laughs> I tried to just ignore him. He knows I'm busy. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. I had the dog outside in the first place because it. she's so offended when I close my office door on her that she'll just like just. Bark and bark and bark. And so I Aww. thought um she was gonna have her feelings hurt if she was in the house while <laughs> this was going on. But oh man. I'm offended. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So where um where should we send everybody to check out your music and everything you're doing? Do you have kind of one platform that you use over another?
1: Um I use Instagram all the time and the link in my bio is a link in bio. It's a one-stop shop. You could check out my, um, uh, my other social media, um, the nonprofit organization that I'm in and then, um, the music on Spotify, iTunes and all that good stuff. So it's all there on my Instagram or mm-hmm. you can visit com.
0: Okay. Awesome. I'll definitely link everybody up to that. And, uh, this would be a kind of old school or, or more old school for you. But um, your song that you did a while ago called woman is amazing. Yes. Your video yes, is, is um, incredible. So everybody should definitely check that out so thank you yeah thank you so much for taking the time to come on and do this and i just want to acknowledge you again for just being who you are and you know putting your artistry and your you know light into the world i just think you're incredible we're all very very proud of you and you know cheering you on and
1: i love that thank you so much it really means a lot it's it's funny like when you get into when you get into something you just don't you don't realize that there's a whole community out there. So, it's nice to be part of like the music community out here in Southern California and to meet people like you. So, thank you so much for having me and putting me on your platform and sharing what I-